What is Papa? What is happening, everybody? My name is C. Young. My name is No Dog. Welcome to the first episode of season two of Bad Habits. This is called Unpacked, and this is a season that we're going to be touching back on regularly. This is not one of our regular episodes where we talk about music and culture and all that shit. This series is just for us to, as the title suggests, unpack music in depth. Um, and we're starting with my album Relentless that uh, it's not my album it's our album that dropped today uh, is Sunday it dropped two days ago and it's the perfect time we're going to have the next three episodes of the podcast doing deep dives on each aspect of the project starting with the music and the of course the only person who needs to be here is Uncle Maya Clarity the guy behind everything let's give him some more welcome bro second time Hey, Jim. Genuine pleasure. First returning guest, too. That's pretty dope. Ooh. Oh, shit. Yo, I get like a trophy or some shit. Yes, yeah, stick I get a gold, gold star. <laughs> and a hug. Gold sticker. Steak dinner. <laughs> Steak dinner. And a hug. Something. And a wristy. So, there, wristy there we go. There we go. So, look, this, uh, this episode or this series is, is new for us, but it's something we wanted to do because we thought, well, you know, we could touch on it and we'd probably talk about the album and stuff, obviously, in the regular podcast. We thought we could go deeper and we could actually probably provide some value for even just curious, you know, listeners and viewers or others in the music industry on how these type of projects come together. This particular thing was by far the most intense. I don't know about you boys. I'd be curious. But this is, for me, like by far the most intense shit musically I've ever worked on. Have you guys had... Projects that you felt were equally or more uh, intense than this one? Yeah, the, I would say, I'd say this Smokewell uh, project that I just, uh, that he just released actually. So that was okay. like 23 tracks and that was quite the feat for the for the mixing and mastering for that song, uh, for that album because it was just so many tracks and so many MCs on every track, lots yeah. of vocals, um, just, lo- yeah, lots going on there. So that was, that was as hectic um, as Relentless. Good one. Okay, fair. Maya? But but not as long. It took like two years to get that done and then obviously Relentless took like six. So, and which we'll explain. We will. What about you, Mike? Yeah. Um, I think like instrumentally, this is probably one of the more complex ones for sure. Yeah. Um, this is like a step above and beyond like that itch I wanted to scratch on my records when I got live instruments. And this is like that plus sauce plus choir plus Kanye West moments. So, yeah. Definitely one of my most intricate prog- projects, no doubt. I love it. Okay. Super, super proud of it. Fuck yeah, man. Sick. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, amazing. So what I felt would be the best way to approach this was to kind of like explain the whole thing from the very beginning um, and just you know show you guys each step and how these things even came about as far as an idea and then you know how it sort of transpired over the years, why it took so goddamn long, because this is something that, that took much longer than it should have, in my opinion, but it, it, it also has a pretty good reason for taking this long. So, you know, all things in their, in their time, right? So to sort of paint the picture, I dropped my album, This Is All I Know, back in, which is on the wall behind me up there in uh, the black one there. That was in 2014. 
So I finished that album. That album as well took me forever, but that's a whole other story. So I'd done some collab projects, and I typically worked on mostly collab things. That was my first album as a solo artist. I'd had mixtapes prior to that, which we finished pretty quickly, to be fair. Nick Nosh knocked them out. There's three volumes of nine songs called The Indie Experiment. That was pretty sweet. Then once this album finished, I was kind of writing that for a bit, as you do, six months or so. Maybe that dropped in April, on my birthday, April 2014. So I think I kind of wrote out the rest of the year, and then early 2015, I was like, okay, I think it's time I start on a new project. And at the time, I'd just done Steps to the Peak with Dr. Matt, who's a producer and DJ here in Montreal, who, funnily enough, I happened to know uh, before we left uh, Melbourne. And that was the first project I'd done with just one producer. And I really liked the cohesiveness of that and how that came out and just the way working with one person from start to finish on like a lengthier thing rather than just a song. So... Back in, that, in those days, and you boys probably remember, everything was about like, you know, posting fucking everything you do on Facebook. It was almost like we use Facebook like Twitter. So I posted a status being like, hey, I have, uh, and I did this multiple times. Um, I want to do a new solo project. Are there any producers that I have here that you know, are interested in talking? And obviously, Maya and I had a note. We'd known each other. I think we met in 2013. Maya, um, I remember it was on Saint Hubert at the front of CFC or whatever it was called, the place with the cave. Yep. And um, we just connected. We had been on tour together in 2014 a couple of times, um, done a ton of shows together. Uh, done some music together. So we were all really well acquainted at that time. Probably only knew each other for like two years, but it was, you know, we're working a lot. So you commented, if I remember correctly, I don't know if, if you remember, but I think you comment, like, yo, I'd be down to do something. And straight away, I was like, fuck, of course. And I want to do something more epic this time. And I knew that you were a keyboard player. And I knew that you were like musically inclined as opposed to maybe a more loop or sample-based producer. And I thought that would change up the vibe i wanted to do you know this first album was a certain sound and wanted this next album to be something much more um what's the word like organic and or, yeah organic for sure without the samples because we bumped into a bunch of sample issues uh you know during this process from notion i with some of our other stuff and you know had a few problems there but this project i wanted it to do i just wanted to do more with it i was inspired by selection a lot which i'm sure we'll get to and a few different things. So when you reached out, I was like, immediately, I was like, oh, this just makes sense. This felt right straight away. Hell so yeah. do you remember what happened? Do you remember how, I think we just talked about it. We're like, let's get started type of thing. Like, I think we just. I think I definitely like wrote some like me, me, me shit on your <laughs> status when you're like, yo, who wants <laughs> to work? Because uh, that seems like the type of thing I would do. And then. Works well. You already said it. You know, I pitched you on the no sample tip because that was like, still is, but that was especially like how I was selling my beats back then was like, yeah, you won't get any sync issues. Like all my shit is played by hand, you know, Mm -hmm. I know my jazz theory. Uh, And yeah, like you said, you would just run into the issues with samples on your last joint, I think. So um, you were super stoked and I'm like, yeah, let's get it. Yes. you know, I've been looking to do more projects and stuff and like straight up albums. So this was kind of like an opportunity for me to be like, all right, check this out. Check what mm. I can fucking do. Flex a little. Had you produced yeah, you know. a full project for anyone aside from yourself at the time? <clears throat> at the time? Um, I think I was just finishing up 
or it was just starting uh, We Are the Aliens, I guess. You oh, no, wait, it. maybe that was like a you little actually down did it line. Off. I think this was already done, but it wasn't out. And yeah. you did it, and I remember being like, wow, y'all just made that, put it out like that so quick. And I'm like, look at us. <laughs> and we got like, yeah, we used to go. Shit, true. Yeah, um, I mean, no, but like, I guess it was already like, I had done like five to six albums for myself at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was sort of branching out into beats for other people. But yeah, I, I guess that was like the first project project, aside from like EPs and shit that I was a part of. Okay. And was it, I know that seemed like it was a, it was a joint idea was, uh, for doing the no samples and, and getting musicians. I think we pretty much painted that picture from the beginning. Like, did that feel like a bold, like, fuck, how are we going to pull this off? Like, if we want to get all these people involved and make it sound... I think we wanted, yeah, let's make some stuff kind of like Kendrick, like I to Pimba Butterfly had just dropped that year. And I remember being pretty inspired by that album. I wanted like, like you said, organic instruments, um, you know, soulful voices and stuff and, and something a bit different. Did it feel like, oh man, how are we going to do this? Or was it more like, let's just go? Um, I was excited to do it for someone else's project because I had definitely gotten a couple session musicians in on some of my earlier stuff. Um it was more like punk rock kind of shit, though. Okay. And so, you know, I was excited to replicate that, but to do it, you know, for someone else's project kind of deal. Mm. Um, and then I know we had uh, Mike come through and do some strings, and he had laced some shit on uh, Not All Heroes 1. So I'd seen that it was possible. And, you know, I'm like a huge fucking Chaos fan, and he has all this, like, live shit and orchestral shit going on in his records. So any opportunity to do some of that, I'm always like, team go, let's get it. And it, yeah, obviously, like at first, you're like, how the fuck? But it's like, yo, we're just going to like baby step it, you know? It's just yeah. like, what does the song need next? Saxophone? All right, who plays saxophone? Patrick? All right, let's call yeah. her Patrick. Someone was, or- who who had that spreadsheet? Was it you? Someone, someone had a spreadsheet and they were mad at organized. I had a spreadsheet. <laughs> I was spreadsheet. Yeah, I was say, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm a bit yeah. OCD. I, because Cap, this was a spreadsheet. It was Cap just like Excel. A, that's what they call me. I actually don't like spreadsheets at all, but it was like a real convenient no, way. Not. I was like, I had to fucking keep track of everything because we had so many moving parts. So I remember when we started it, I think because I was like, all right, I want to Kendra. And this must have been like summer 2015 or, or yeah. you know, like spring. And I think I remember there was two songs we started with. It was, I was like, I wanted a West Coast song. And I think that was the very first one, which ended up being the title track, Relentless. And I remember, right. I think I was there in your very first Toronto place. You moved into that place when we were all on tour with the Bodega Brothers in, in I think that was May 2014. So I remember Man. that place. I got that, was the t- that was the tiny joint downstairs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you slept on that the place. Oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't even stand up. <laughs> no, yeah. You was like banging your head on shit. Yeah, yeah, that was the first tiny joint because there's two tiny joints. Yeah, the tiny <laughs> joint was on uh, uh, <laughs> da, not Dufferin. What was it? Bloor. Bloor. Bloor and Lansdowne. So yeah. I remember coming to that place and I think the funny part about this album is that because you moved so much and we did it over a span of maybe two years and I'll explain the gaps in a sec, but we went to so many of your different places to work on that project. I can think of... At the very least, three places. There was the very first one, the other one behind the yoga studio with also Noche Bang's head, and then there was the one <laughs> at near Main Station. 
Wait, yeah, let's uh, oh, let's, yeah. let's paint the picture for them. Let's and Victoria the Park. Them. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, pick, pick and Victoria, Victoria Park. Park. I forgot oh, about wow. Victoria Park. <laughs> Victoria Park reminds me of uh, Terry Fox, though. That's that's the one I think of. And then, yeah, I remember that. Um, oh, cool. That one was fun. But yeah, let's paint the picture. So y'all came through this first fucking Toronto joint I had. Uh, and it was me and a roommate, and we lived in this basement apartment, essentially, like, that had, like... It was Bloor and, like, it was up near... Um, up there, it was near Dufferin. Bloor and Dufferin-ish, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there was only, like, two windows. One of them was from, like, his room into the living room, so it was a hole in the wall. The other window went from, like, our shower into, like, a fucking elementary school playground. <laughs> it was just horrible. <laughs> Fuck that place. And, like, yeah. my room shared a wall with a boiler room. Um, and like, that. you know, but whatever, we made it work. Y'all came through. We called it the furnace. <laughs> they got mad when we played hey, trap yeah. beats too loud, you know? Of course. <laughs> it was too fire. Was with a, yeah, too fire. So that was, I swear the, though, the, the landlord yo. was like pregnant for 11 months and shit. And she was always just like, yo, turn the music <laughs> down. I'm like, no, just have your baby already. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> squeeze it out. Squeeze it out. For fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, I've been here a year and plus. I'm like, when you are still you still have to <laughs> eject yeah. that bad boy I remember so we only did the first two songs in that house so what had happened was we started off I remember doing Relentless I remember writing that hook together that I'm fucking Relentless and like I was like yo alright and like track one the very first thing we did together that you made on the spot I remember being there you were choosing the drums choosing the piano sounds uh, and that was what I really loved because I kind of just didn't interfere too much if I had a thought I'd tell you but you kind of just did your thing and it was cool to, I'd done this in the past, but I hadn't done this for a while where just being in the room with the producer and, and making the beat together, even though it's not really, I'm not doing anything, but I'm providing input and guidance and like, yeah, that drum sound, that's the one. Yeah, fuck yeah, let's do that or whatever. And that was super cool because that hook was like, I love that hook. I know, I remember later on you wanted to change it a bit and make it a bit more sing-songy but i was really stuck on and this was the interesting part of it was the back and forth between us uh as far as give and take with pause with some of the different things that we wanted to do as far as the, the music we'll get into that as we go through each song but i remember we wrote the whole man is still pausing in 2021 mate oh i'm the pause king at least i say pause not the other um the That's true. you know what i'm saying so the, um, what's it called? The fucking, so that was that track. I remember I wrote those two verses to that song and we kind of just like let that slide. Now at the same time, I asked my, one of my main collaborators, I met uh, Jonathan Rosler, who's a guitarist, the best guitarist I've ever met personally. I met him in 2013 when I did my first ever Montreal show. We just kind of kept in touch and he's kind of played on everything I've done since. Like he's always been involved so in, and in Notion stuff. Exactly. So, I was like, yo, man, yeah, we, yeah. Wanted, we want to do a reggae song because I like the Bruno Mars, um, the song with Damien Marley. And the Moon? No. The song Looking Still Blues. That's the one. <laughs> so I was like, I want to do a reggae song. This album, I wanted all different sounds, different soundscapes that I hadn't done. So that was like on the West Coast joint because the, Ken, the Kendrick Tupin Butterfly. And then, then I was like, I want the reggae. So Jonathan Rosen sent us a, a recipe. Like, exactly. He wait, wait, us- wait, wait. Before we, before we delve down this path, I just wanted to interject for two seconds please please please. and say that it's actually i just realized this shit but like because the the last last thing you did was uh add jonathan emile's vocals to the hook on relentless right yeah so so it's actually mad interesting that like that's the first beat we made the first thing the last song to get finished yeah 
And yeah. to add to that, Trippy. Jonathan Ooh, Emile like sung on the title track to my other album, my first album, This Is All I Know. Now he also sung on the title track to my second <laughs> album. So now I feel like it's like my duty to make sure John is on whichever my title track is. It's always just kind of featured. Hey. So yeah, I thought about there that the other like day that. though. I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. Because that was actually a tripper to me that, that that's what we did. Like we started and finished with the Full same circle. song. Full circle, man. Which made, once again, I think that's the universe. You know, like maybe it did take a while, but the project isn't dated. And, and it, because that full circle it really is happened. No, it's really not, man. Um, so the cool thing about what Jonathan Rosner did, I say John, no one calls him Jonathan, probably except his mum. He played a, a riff into his phone on an acoustic guitar, sent it. I go, here, Maya, this is dope. What do you reckon? And Maya's like, yeah, sick. Maya cut it up and he made a reggae song. He made the whole beat around this um, very, very, very rough acoustic riff. And iPhone it was, sample. iPhone sample. And it blew, I remember John blew his mind. <laughs> So that song actually was the first song we recorded. So Maya made the beat. And then because of the way we did it, Maya actually didn't have anything else to do with that song uh, <coughs> during the recording until, because what had happened was the feature artist was Caleb Hard. He's a, at the time he was in the group called Tasman June and they were touring and they came through Montreal and uh, Caleb is best friends with Josh, Joshua Telfer, who's our, my artist. He's done all the art, art for all my solo shit, for all my major work and notions. And he, yep. he's like been with us since like 2011. I met him at Apple. So it's like worked with him for 10 years. So we don't trust anybody else but him. So Caleb is his boy. I knew, I knew Caleb anyway from Toronto. So he lived in Alberta or something at the time, but he came through Montreal. We booked a studio session at Jonathan, John Rosner's mate's place in like St. Leonard out in sort of the Italian uh, suburbs here in Montreal. And we recorded, I remember I went with John Rosner to record the proper version on an electric guitar of the, the hook. And he did it all separately because it's a really complicated riff. We wanted to make it clean. So we had to chop it up to do different parts of it. And then Maya had to put that together to replace the, rougher chords so then when caleb came and this was the first time i'd really done this in a while but we had caleb he had his bass player come from the band and he played the bass line and no she was guiding him uh through it um and i think so was joe the engineer if i'm not mistaken yeah. and then caleb played the djembe like a little sort of drum um on the track joe the engineer also played drums on the track and uh, we all wrote it, the hook together. So Caleb wrote his verse, the bridge part himself, but me, Nosh, Caleb, and Tiff, uh, my yeah. partner, and who's also involved in all the things I do, she actually, I had to sign her up to SoCan because of uh, this. So she got a little... Which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. She got her percent, which uh, I thought was uh, dope. So we all wrote the hook together, the whole thing. Caleb recorded his part. I did like a rough scratch take so he could do my ad-libs. If you hear in the verse, he's singing over my lyrics. So I did the rough take for him. He recorded all of his stuff. And then I don't know if, I think then that was step one in the recording process, the very first thing. That was May 31st, 2015, because it came up, obviously, I don't know why. Shit. I remember the date. Uh, came up in the Facebook memories, thank God. So that was then. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything to add on that at all. And I'm going to skip forward a bit. No. So what happened was we did that song. Everything's cool. Um, I had, that was, I had working on three projects at the time. I did a collab EP with a producer named 76 from the UK. That was only like five or six tracks or whatever. 
And then I had another collab album, ended up being Bad Habits, which named this podcast after, with uh, a good friend of ours, <laughs> Poe, in, um, who's in Oakland, California. So I was like, I wanted to finish. I already had those two projects going before I even started Relentless. So I was like, you know what? Maybe if I try to juggle all three, I'm gonna, it's going to all take too long. So I was like, let me put a pause on Relentless for a bit. And the remainder of 2015 and then um, probably half of 2016, I finished the that Be Better EP that came out in December 2015. And then we finished writing and recording um, Bad Habits album um, in 2016. Then we got back to it. Don't remember when. I imagine it was sometime in the middle of the year, <coughs> summerish maybe. Um, and then we just got right back into it. So then I don't remember which crib you would have been at then. My might have been <laughs> the Main Street one, maybe? Yeah, probably. Was there a big window? <laughs> the Main Street one had a massive window looking at an apartment building across the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been Main, Main Street, right up the fucking east end of Toronto. Yeah, so it was a little like we used to go. Before I knew better, we went to the Tim Hortons around the corner. It was super sketchy yeah, characters around fuck. there. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think what we started doing was just having these sessions. So we'd have sessions every time I came to Toronto. And at the time I was in Toronto, like once a month. So I'd always book at least one day with you where we would sit down for like eight hours. And wherever you're at, I just came out for the day and we would work on the, on the album. And I was adamant about it. I did it every single trip. So I remember, I think the way that we did this was like most of the album was made by reference tracks from either of us. So like yeah. what yeah, right? So you were like, bring me the sound, show me the songs that you want to do something like, and then we can see what we can do. So it was it wasn't like trying to replicate anything. It was more like what vibe do you want? You know, hit me with the with the, the track I do remember back. also pitching you a couple beats here and there. I was about to do that, yes. Yeah. You I did think show like me YYZ some YYZ was one. And so was uh Too Hungover. Hey. And I about that. think I think that was basically it though, like out of the whole project. If I'm not mistaken, there might've been one more. I remember, I forgot about YYZ for sure. Uh, I remember very specific, oh, Rome. Rome was, which actually we shouldn't talk about that because that's it's on the, the del- deluxe. I was going to say, yeah, that's the, on the deluxe edition. Yeah. <laughs> so everything else, um, we can talk about, I won't go into detail. Anyway. Nah, but I do want to add just, because this is a fucking funny story. Talk to me. Um, sorry, I'll just charge my laptop. But y'all remember when I fainted? <laughs> Remind me. Where? When did you oh, find it? Oh, you don't? Oh, shit. Okay. Um, it was at the Barrington place, like on near Main Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd gone all day without eating properly. And I think I was just drinking and smoking. And uh, we had just wrapped up a session. And I closed the door behind me. And then I just fucking collapse and you guys heard like a thud and came back to check and you're like yo you good i'm <laughs> just on the fucking floor like oh shit what just happened y'all don't remember that oh yo i do now yes yeah, i do remember crazy. that Did we actually i think we left like we actually left and we heard something then we had took us a while to get back in because you wouldn't answer because obviously you passed out yeah yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah, like yeah. you closed your bedroom door like we left the apartment because we wrapped the session right yeah, exactly. Oh, like I had just said goodbye that to all, and out. then, and then I like closed the door behind me, and y'all are going down the stairs, and then you heard me thud 
on the floor and then so you come back and i like wake up to the door opening on me like oh what's yes because we because you passed that right there and we were able to get it and i think you left the door open or eventually we were able to get it open and it was hitting you you're like you shoot or something you're in the way yeah oh my god that's so fucked oh my god i forgot about that oh my god Jesus Christ! Take care of yourselves, guys. See people. This is what happens. You can't do that. You gotta eat. You gotta, you gotta eat. Rest. You gotta eat. You can't be drinking and smoking. You grain out and you pass wow. the floor. Yep. You don't want that. I'm still really not taking good care of myself. I'm mostly on like coffee and weed today. You know what? It happens. Still. Goodness me, it man. happens to the best of us. But now you know not to do that. But at least you got your missus there now. So last time I didn't think you had. Uh, I think you had roommates. No, yeah, I don't think so. I just had mad cockroaches. That was it. <laughs> yeah, that place, yeah was, uh, that place wasn't optimal. So no. I think uh, no. I remember working on a lot of songs in that place. I remember doing. Um, yeah, you. That's where you, that place is where you showed me too hungover. I remember doing that and choosing that there. Um, I think. What else did we do in that place? Okay, so I won't go into these in detail, but uh, Andrew Cameron is a good friend of uh, both of us. Who, like, I met him independently to realize that you'd worked with him. And he came through for a few sessions. So he ended up on, uh, he actually singing on probably two songs that are on the album. And then on the deluxe version, he's actually, both of his songs are on the deluxe. Uh, I really wanted one of them specifically, but we were trying to be savage with the track list. So I was kind of annoyed mm. that that one didn't Real get on. Real quick though. Yeah. He is actually on the title track too. He's yes, doing he is. the bridge. He's, he's doing the, the bridge. Track. He's on the, the bridge. Yeah. hook on uh, Survivor, and he's on the hook on uh, Tiffany Blue as well. Oh shit! True. Yeah, but you can't hear him on that. It's a gang vocal. Yeah, it's the gang vocal. <laughs> he. Do you he know what? Through, you can hate. Right. He does poke through more on that full. bridgey part because it's him and Dave doing that. Yeah. yeah. If y'all remember that part. Do 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 do. Love that shit. Oh shit! True. Yeah. Yeah, so Andrew was was worked with Pretty us a lot. Spread. We'll do a separate episode when the deluxe comes. We'll probably drop that early next year because I want to spread it out from the album a bit. So um, what else are we doing? That I, I'm trying to like maybe try and paint the picture. This is probably where the like Maya mentioned earlier. His memory is a bit hazy, and obviously mine is too, uh, and Brad and notions as well. So we're trying yeah. to. I don't remember That's what happens which, when you faint after a session. You know, slam your head on the ground. Like UFC, <laughs> UFC of music. It's fucking wild. So I feel like we did a bunch in that place. I remember like, and we actually had this young lady that I met named Parmita Barres. She was uh, like an Iranian chick that I, I met through the job I had at the time. Like she won a contest and we got talking and found out she was a singer. And I was like, oh, I bet I needed some female singers. So she came around. She was mad cool. And I think she even did some work with you, Maya, separately. And she recorded like a, a, an idea for a, um, a hook and a, a like, where Jonathan Neal sings, it's like the post talk or pre-verse, whatever you want to call it, bit. And she sung that originally, uh, but we never did like a full proper take. So we didn't have all the files and stuff um, in the end. And uh, then we kind of just lost touch with her. And I think she's a speaker or author or something now. Yeah, she's still music. So I don't think she would have given You could sell that. the ref as an NFT. Ooh. Yeah, you go. Split it with her. Bam, bam, boom. <clears throat> Fucking three ways. Get that in you. So we, yeah, I remember yeah. working with her. I was just trying to think anyone else came through. But I remember spending a lot of time in that place. I remember the other crib you had was the one on Victoria Park in Scarborough. And that was the one above like a store, like as a whole, like a strip mall. And then it was above that. That was a Terry yeah, Fox house. Do I skip stuff? You skipped the yoga studio though. Because after that was before uh, Main that. Street. 
Okay. No, it was, it was Main Street. Yeah, and then the the yoga studio where mm-hmm. we had to shut the fuck up from like noon to two because there was a Pilates class or yoga class yes. or some shit. Oh yeah, and that was and the they downstairs. Trying to hear. Yeah, they weren't trying yeah, to hear yeah, yeah. music, and, and it was like I don't think I could take a piss because it was the toilet was under the stairs. I don't think I could even me and I'm five eleven and I could barely stand up straight to take a piss at the. In the <laughs> oh yeah, that toilet sucked because you had to like sink into it and the. the fucking shower was an astronaut shower i don't know that how was like the first place that i ever had that was mine so i was like fuck yeah but even that was it's kind of whack because like i'd be practicing piano and then she'd yell through the wall you're doing great i'm like shut the fuck <laughs> up oh my god <laughs> you're doing great that's amazing <laughs> hey that's positive affirmations so that's the good thing about living <laughs> under a yoga studio right get that uh, yeah get no it was nice but like i, I wasn't doing great <laughs> she meant well she was lovely I met her I remember she was super cool no the she landlord, was super cool which was yeah, great yeah, it doesn't yeah, always yeah. work that way right? so that place I, I don't remember what we created in that place I feel like you weren't there that long and I feel like we like we did a bunch of stuff obviously but I just don't have any specific memory I think I we think might have just been working we did on entropy there oh shit I think we did fuck man that's yeah. a great memory Okay, and that's another song off the deluxe, which we'll talk about in another episode, um, which yeah. is another favorite of mine. I didn't like it that much at first, and after it was mixed, I'm like, oh, this is fucking banger. So yeah, uh, the deluxe slaps, man. We didn't waste anything off this. Um, so that place, yeah, I, don't, I think it was more like adding stuff, really, and we were, you know, I don't remember making new music there. Maybe we'd made most of it by then, and we were just making final decisions, because what was happening was we were doing the beat session. A lot of editing. A lot of what? Well, no, the editing was later. That was after the recording. No, sorry. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So we were doing like we made most of the beats, and we were maybe you had a whole bunch. I remember there were still ones that we were had it in piles. We weren't sure what to do with them. We're like, yeah, we like all of those. Let's come back to them and see what we write to. So I never, we never had writing sessions unless it was for hooks, and we wrote almost all the hooks together. Uh, I remember specifically doing that one hook. I remember the key was at the Main Street place and we did Tiffany Believe It. That was a song that mm. you showed me, um, showed me uh, a B.O.B. song. I don't remember what it was called, but you were like, let's do some song like this. And I said to myself in this project that I'm open to doing shit that I n- never normally would do because if it comes out good, awesome. If it doesn't, then we don't use it, right? So there's no loss to do it. And yeah, it was a little a... bit poppier than what I wanted from this project, but I ran with it. That's a classified slash B.O.B. joint. Okay. That, like, I was just bumping the other day. I'm like, oh, yeah, eh? If he bumps Tiffany Blue, he might be pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty heavily inspired, but not no copying, just inspired by that type of song. And we wrote the melody. Go on, sorry. Yeah, he doesn't own that chord progression. Also, he sampled his, I think, and we... Just played ours. Anyways, whatever. It was obviously yeah. inspired. Inspired by, but it wasn't even an interpolation because you weren't mimicking shit. You just sort of were inspired by that. So it's like I yeah. think it's a different conversation. But I remember we wrote the melody for that song that day, and this was the first one. I think I wrote like ninety five percent of the lyrics on that, um, which never usually happens in the melodic stuff. I'm not as good at that stuff. It was what the usually it was driven by you, and then I would add stuff. Or whatever, or it was closer to 50 50. But I think I did, you know, maybe I'm remembering wrong as well. So feel free to correct me. Obviously, mm-hmm. none of us can remember shit. 
but I'm pretty sure I oh, yeah, I smoked so much weed. Yeah, so none of us know. So I'm, I'm fairly sure I wrote most of that hook. And I remember going back to uh, Tiff's mum's house because we stayed with her in Toronto at the time. And I remember being, that was one of my favorite sessions. I remember not, uh, like, you know, being hungry, coming back. I had my first beer at like, like midnight or 1 a.m. and no one was home for some reason. It must have been a Saturday or something. I remember being in the kitchen, like getting food together and pouring my very first Ransack the Universe from Collective Arts, which is a really fantastic wow. IPA, being blown away by the beer and just singing Tiffany Blue, the hook at like the top of my lungs, like by myself in this, in, in her house. Oh, what a cute moment. Yeah, I just, I, I remember yeah. how, how that song made me feel and I was convinced we just had something. This is why it's like every song we did was just, I feel like it was better and better. There were so many you know, you do songs, and we did rapidly rap stuff mostly, and this was the first time we were really trying to focus more on getting all of these melodies and this sort of soulfulness out of in a different way than I had in the past, which was mostly through, through samples. So I just really distinctly remember that. That was super cool to me. And then we did, uh, I showed you Long Story Short by Black Milk, which has got one of the coolest oh, intros yeah, ever nice. and one of the best beats ever, in my opinion. <clears throat> and you made Stay Woke based on that, which sounds nothing like it at all, but it was the piano sort of intro and then you did that dun, 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 like that whole shit was all from that that's so cool I forgot that man that is yeah. such a great fucking yes and then I tried oh, to do man, the Pusha T so it was like a uh, black milk beat yeah. and I was inspired by Pusha T for the lyrics hence being a bit more aggressive and violent uh, y'all which, forgive me I'm just gonna fill up on this coffee for 30 seconds but y'all continue with that we continue no problems and the I remember the um that's that specific song i don't we were saying earlier about things being like dated or whatever because it was made a while ago with gaps um yeah. i don't i think that just the lyric the one because i mentioned lil yadi and i mentioned kodak black which at the time mumble rap was the big thing we were mad at and we weren't fucking with it so that hence the the lines about that and they were the they were in the news a lot for talking shit and they were like they were the new leaders of the the young new school and whatever Yes, and they were just steering it in a fucked direction, and it was like at, at the was it? Would you say the height of mumble rap, or just when it first began? And there was a couple of first famous people that I think it was that got rich off it. Yeah, yeah. I think so, you're right. And they were those people are still like I mean they're not relevant, but they're still around. Like they don't have anything. They're not hot. They're not on the on the top ten radar of fucking the TMZ. You know, they're not in the, in the spotlight all the time. No, but they're still artists around still, yes. everyone knows who they are and, and if anything like those references got stronger because they get it well that's a fair point i guess it was more like if i could change anything about the project i probably would remove those two references even though because Lil yachty seems like a lovely young man and i'm less mad at him now he's, than yeah he's a good dude he's business-wise he's got his shit on but uh, right but Kodak Black can eat shit and die. Like he seems like a, a that's, not, yeah, he's, weird. he's a weird yeah, guy i think he's like a, a sexual assault like he's actually been, um, oh really? What's it oh, called? Yeah. Um, convicted of stuff like it just seems like a horrible dude. Like probably grew up in a terrible mm-hmm. thing, but yeah, fuck him. We just talk about the dated, the only dated reference that I feel that which is the Kodak Black and Yachty one in the stay work. But aside from that, well, uh, there's nothing that I feel like is is time because that one is the only thing that sort of references the time. But I really appreciated doing that track, and that's when we got John Rosner in. Um, on that just sort of like a side note what I did I think probably in like 2017 was I got John here and we just recorded it right behind me at the plug it into the old Apollo twin there 
and he just recorded the guitar for everything. He had his little unit and he was able to make, to change all the sounds and distortion and stuff that he needed. So he did Stay Woke sitting right here and he did um, YUL, he did YYZ interlude, he did all the stuff that he played on the album, he did right here, which was super convenient because you don't need the studio for electric guitar like that. You just plug that bitch in and it goes directly into Logic and we're off, we're off and running, you know? That was yeah, you could just line in that shit, you know. And, and directly, the Apollo has a specific guitar plug. I think maybe early on, I still had um, Pro Tools, so I think we did it in Pro Tools. And then when we merged to um, what was that? Huh? Were you showing? Oh, I was just holding up a, oh, a, oh, a jack. The plug. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. um, plug. Yeah, quarter inch for the motherfuckers. Get a quarter inch up, yeah. And it was yeah, it was just really convenient to be able <laughs> to do that. And he he able to just add his parts, and then you can. And we'll get to the editing in a sec. So I remember doing those. The yoga studio, like you said, we did Entropy. And then the main, sorry, the uh, Scarborough crib, uh, like you said, we did a few other tracks. In 2017, I did one song per month to try to mimic on a small scale Russ, you know, doing the song a week thing. And you and I did two songs. We did What We Want and we did Terry Fox. And What We Want was, um, uh, I felt to me, it was like the warm up to let people know we're working together a bit more. That was like a sample yeah. beat you had lying around and then Terry Fox. I had a hook for Terry Fox that I wanted and then you made a beat around it. And John Rosner, we got him to play on that too. And um, mm. you tweaked my hook and made it a bit more like melodic and stuff, which is a good metaphor for this album. Usually I would bring something and then you would kind of make it bigger and better. And that was a really cool... I never worked like that before, um, which was... 100%. Interesting. Yeah, I was trying to inject some of that like B.O.B. pop essence or like the gym class hero shit that I was a huge fan of or just like all the like Alex the Kid production that was going down on like the shady aftermath slaughterhouse side of things uh, all the like Skyler Grey joints and all that yeah. so yeah you know I just saw that working for our shit and also what we want is such a dope song I feel like motherfuckers don't know and go no. listen to that shit yeah, on Spotify. <laughs> Terry man, Fox is a dope record too, but yeah. I understand why people might not like it. People didn't get mad. Record. Yeah, <laughs> well, they didn't get mad. I was really surprised. I really thought people would be mad at it, but it was never intended uh, negatively. Like he's a, obviously a Canadian legend, so like it wasn't a dish. It's like yeah. run it like Terry Fox. I don't know. Like it's good little. I mean. No, yeah, it's it's, it's 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 a positive spin. I just you know I don't yeah. know if motherfuckers get you mad. Know, <laughs> oh, shit. I feel you. Motherfuckers get mad at less, you know. Very big, very mm-hmm. big fact. So I mean, maybe if we released it today, it'd be a different story. But back in 2017, so it was kind of cool because I almost felt like even throughout that project, we still found time to do those two songs and get those out during that year, which I was super happy about. And I'm really um, glad we didn't drop our and Frank record though. Yeah, that was a little, uh, a little touchy. It's going to stay in the vaults, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> so I remember at that place, I think we were probably putting more finishing touches on it. And that was when Notion was coming around a lot more, I think. I remember, Notion, you, every time I went there, I think you were with me pretty much every time. Uh, do you remember that? When was it? So this would have been 2017, probably coming up towards the final stages. We were at, I remember it being cold, so it must have been winter 2017. There was one time we all went to Rorschach Brewery for the first time at the end of either 2016 oh. or 2017. Maybe it was 2017. And this was at the Scarborough joint, right? Scarborough the one that joint. was like up top, the yeah, fucking um, right on top of this like Thai food spot. Correct. And um, yeah. I remember just no being there. So I imagine 
I might be getting two things mixed up. Maybe we'd finished by then, or at least we'd sort of, because what would happen, we'd finish all the beats, we'd add stuff, we'd go over, maybe we had, you know, in the session, you'd pull a song up and you'd be like, oh, I don't like that new one, fuck all that off, and then we'd add something new and be like, well, let me add this line. And you'd just be always tweaking stuff. It's kind of like every session. Um, and I would take the songs back and I would write to them at home because it just made no sense for me to sit there and do the verses if that took an hour to mm. write the verse. Like, it, it wasn't productive. I, I do remember you like spitting the verses for me and we would like Correct. tweak one or two lines like there. So I know we were doing a lot of that. And I think we were writing the hooks together. We were writing slash the hooks arranging together. the beat. Correct. Yeah, exactly right. And I felt like that was the best way because I was like, look, the, the most important part is the hook. And then the verses, yeah. obviously we're both MCs and, and, and I was going to touch on this in a sec, but when we talk about the studio stuff, because we actually, I, you know, obviously as rappers, we don't let other people touch our raps. It's the point of being an MC is like the writer part. And this is the first time I ever let anyone touch my shit ever. And it was a little weird at first, but it was like, well, <laughs> there's no one else really aside from you two I would take that from if I'm honest with you because you know notion I've been rapping together from the beginning and you're probably the best technical rapper I know Maya so like if anyone's going to change this shit and make it better um it, it would be that and I trusted you and you, you never let it down and it was I mean it wasn't a lot it was like a line here or a word or a flow here and there um and I still kind of I can I, I used to it took me ages to get used to it because I used to hear the demo like I cut demos here for everything and then I would send them to you and I would wrap them to you in person as well but I'd send them to you so you have it you guys can look at it and be like oh, okay yeah I see where you're going with this and we can make our changes because I never demo demo is not something we do we rap a song I'd record it and shit is done but yeah. it was it was a team effort this time so and I'll sorry go ahead no please go oh just uh, yeah like I understand that in terms of especially when when it comes to emceeing people don't want hands on their lyrics or nothing right yeah and uh i think also a lot of that comes from like labels and shit trying to stifle creativity and trying to like keep it commercial based versus like any time that like we put hands on on your verses was more like how can we finesse this to make it shine better you know it's like oh say this this way just change these syllables around yeah uh instead of like from a place of censorship or like you know any industry bullshit now we're yeah. just like hey let's make this better so 100 percent, we're all gonna agree on that you know if the yes. name of the game is to make a dope record and that was exactly it and i think that was the beautiful thing about this project we all came together pause to make a dope the dopest project we could possibly make <laughs> it's kind you of the positive bro <laughs> i'm gonna keep doing it i'll keep doing it but like, they're on point though what they, they're, they're good points they're good points um, you know, and, and I think that that um, energy that we kept was pure and, and legit and we all really wanted to and I think everyone did whatever they had to do in the spirit of creating the best possible music we could. And that's why I, like, this is not my album, this is our album, so I corrected myself in the beginning. Like, it truly is. Like, it's, you know, usually... Unless you're like someone like Russell or even like either a y'all two, where literally nobody else has to touch your entire shit. You can produce it, write it, mix it, you know, through the artwork, put it out. And no one touches it, but most people don't have that skill set. So there's always someone else involved with what I do because I don't do any of those other things except rap and, and write, I guess. But then this time it was just so like, you know, it was just so cool to have that whole team 
bouncing the ideas off. And it was pre- predominantly just you two in the beginning as we were going. I'd show Jeff and anybody else around. But I didn't play this music to a lot of people. That's why I trusted what, you know, what, where we were coming from. And, and obviously all the collaborators would come in. You were working with Ilvi from the Aliens Project, so I know he had it all. And if Nosh was doing stuff with it, he had clients or friends over, then he would play some stuff to him and get feedback. So that was always cool to me, but we, I was never going out of my way to show people the works in progress as such. Um, so as far as like moving on from the writing, so say we finished it, that was essentially the approach. And then it came recording. I'm like, okay, how are we going to do this? I didn't want to do it in a, because also we were doing, uh, we we're using musicians. So I didn't want to just do it at home. Obviously you can tell I'm in just a regular apartment with wooden floors and like the sound is fine. Like it's pretty good. I got the filter and everything, but it's not perfect. And I wanted this to be like a one. So I, I worked with this dude, Josh Fairbairn, who, um, at, at Apple and he was just at the time opening a studio called he I think it's closed now but it was called AB Studios on Dufferin and Dundas on Dundas no Bloor and Dundas I'm sorry um, where Dundas is like at the tip of Roncesvalles there and it was in yeah. this like shopping complex it was super hard to find there was no cell phone service which was actually kind of cool as well because we weren't as distracted oh you know what yeah um, we actually fucking recorded that shit between like places that was before the scarborough place so we were probably editing at the scarborough place oh okay so we'd finished writing and we were that's why nosh was there because he was a part of the editing process which we'll get to right right, right okay sense, yeah. so maybe you were at the scarborough place and we recorded okay so maybe i was getting it mixed up so i think those first three places where we wrote the majority of it and then it was yeah because the shit was like walking distance so i was like yo fuck yeah let's okay. go that was like Probably one of the best weeks of my life. That shit was fun. <laughs> Honestly, it truly was, man. Like, so we, we had this studio. Josh gave me a really good rate to, to have it for five full days. It was 11 to 9, uh, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day for five days. And we were there just the whole time just recording. I made sure I brought in snacks and beer and waters and stuff for everybody who were coming through because obviously, you know, this is an independent project. I was not funded at the time, which is also another reason, which I'll get to, why it didn't come out so soon. And uh, I was like, okay, let me just make sure I'm taking care of everybody. And essentially, we had the big whiteboard, you know, that usually people take photos of. I'm pretty sure we were posting it. You know, we had uh, Nosh, Tiff, and Joshua Telfer was there as well, uh, taking photos. We got it all documented. We're putting together, side note, a mini sort of documentary because we have a ton of footage from that week. Fire. And uh, we're going to do some sort of post stuff and put together just sort of like a nice little, you know, short and sharp uh, summary of it all to basically put in, in visuals what we're talking about. So we, we rented the studio and Josh even did this thing off the rip where it was super comfortable, really nice place. And he let us, um, he had like so many different microphones. So he made the three of us predominantly do microphone checks to see, and we had to say the same like two bars. It was a shootout, like a microphone shootout. Microphone shootout. Like yeah. And we were trying to f- see which one suited our voice the most because they're all so different. And Josh is, is like a, one of those serious studio dudes where, you know, he really takes every single element of it um, very, very seriously there. And uh, yeah, sorry, I've got Tiff working on the iMac there and my computer's broken, so I'm not in the usual spot. It's a logistical uh, bit of it. Bro, don't worry about it. I'm in a fucking sewing room. <laughs> You know what? We make right. it work, right? Just like with the project, we make it work. This, That's this is where I live now. This is this is yeah. What more do you need? It's beautiful. Got it all. Uh. I love it. <laughs> so that week, like you said, that was one of the best weeks of my life too, man. It was just because we were all there 
we excuse me we all had just this common goal we didn't let just random people come in because my problem like I don't like all that shit, man. We're creating. I want people to just sort of working. We had a couple mate, like our mate Scott came through. Even he was like doing some gang vocals with us. I, I saw in the credits. I forgot. Um, and we had everybody come through, and we didn't do much writing this. We were what we were doing. We did. I remember the very first day. The very first thing we did was drums. Our good friend Mike Pignataro, who's digital junkie, who's our tour DJ for actually all of us uh, for a while there. He was playing drums. He used to be in a metal band, so he was. He was pretty good to play the drums. He just kind of he got skills in it. He does. And um, he basically was playing drums on that first day. We had to get that all sort of done. So you had to mic up all the drums and, and so on and so forth. So we had that. We did that first, I remember. And then I think we were just basically going song by song. I don't remember what order we did it in, but I had my verses. So what I was doing was going in and doing one take, I remember. And then coming out, I'm sitting with Maya in the room, and I think you know she'll you were being there the whole time too. But just, and went through all the lyrics bar for bar, and seeing if we change it. This, this is what I remember: um, yeah. is that yeah, we knocked out all the drums on the first day, and then I think a little more at some other point in the week, and then we did a lot of instruments on the early Tuesday, and then we did your vocals at the end of Tuesday. I think Wednesday was like either more instruments than you Thursday. I think we tried to do a lot of you and everyone else's vocals. If I remember correctly. Okay. And then Friday was like, let's play catch up on everything we missed. Oh yeah. I think Wednesday was string day. Okay. So might as well touch on that. So we got all the student or the, uh, the musicians to come through. So most of them are your, your mates, which was great. So you, as you mentioned before, um, we had Mike Tompa who played violin and cello on a bunch of songs. He was, a consummate professional. It was actually the biggest challenge to find a, uh, uh, a string player because like someone I asked, I did their old Facebook status mm-hmm. asking for someone and people were asking me for sheet music. I'm like, bro, it's just fucking like, just go in and you just, I don't know, you wing it. Like <laughs> just do it. Well, so, when it's recorded in logic, you can literally press the letter N and it comes up with the notes. And if it's been played properly, it can actually detect it and then it writes it and you can print it off. It's actually yeah, insane. So. That's fucking crazy. Fuck all that shit. We told you the key and the tempo. Figure yeah. that shit out. Figure it out. <laughs> and that's what Mike did. And, and the, do you know what the best part of that was? My favorite shit was, um, I remember specifically Josh Fairbairn, the engineer. He he taught, he teaches music or something like that in Kitchener. That's where he's from. And he knew all the violin words, like uh, pit or whatever it was, to mean that picking style and all this different stuff. The person, I didn't know Jack oh, shit yeah, about yeah. strings. And you, you, like you were well. and like, yeah, yeah. So like, he was guiding him. Yeah, you. Well, you were you because you'd worked with Mike before. I think you already had a, obviously a rapport, and uh, he was Mike was just so fucking cool, man. I really appreciate him. He was sharing albums. He's a G. Well. I really like Mike, and he's on tour with like Silverstein or something like that. Like, Is he? Yeah, he's doing some big shit, man. So I'm really honored to have yeah. him on it. So Mike was really, really great, man. He was just a pleasure to have on. And was, I remember just even thinking about now, just getting goosebumps with like the shit he was playing. I'm like, oh my God, what are we doing here? This is like the most incredible shit. I don't really think people understand until you see somebody pull out a, a string instrument and then play it over the track and what that does to it. It's just, you hear it and even though notes mixed and it all sounds beautiful, you don't understand that it's like the person you see in the orchestra doing it. Like it might just sound like mm-hmm. it's another synth or whatever, but it's anything is no fake 
strings at all in this whole thing. It's just, he was so dope, man. Like, and that cello, he had the electric cello that didn't have, like, a body. It was just, like, a frame. So dope. That was cool as shit. Yeah. I think he and played on... Fire, electric... Uh... Yeah, the electric cello. I think it was on Survivor he played on for that. That was so cool. Yeah. So, Mike did that. You brought in Patrick Panis to play the sax. Goosebumps. He was a, oh, man. Mike was really a game changer. Patrick was fucking amazing, too. He would just... So what we did, and this is kind of what I wanted to come when we start to talk about the editing. Obviously, we're in the studio. We don't have time to do the editing and make everything perfect on the tight. We just want to get all the tapes, deal with it later. So what Josh, the engineer, would do, would just kind of like loop a section and be like, okay, uh, Patrick, you're playing over the chorus of the Wait to Warn You part. So then maybe we'd give him some guidance. I didn't really deal with it as much. It was more Maya was directing that and Josh a little bit because he understood it and he had a pretty good ear and he started to understand what we were going for and he was actually quite beneficial with that. Like, and they would just do it in a loop and Patrick would play like five takes, record it top to bottom and then we just had to take that away with it and pick the best parts. So we'll get to that in the editing once he talks about that shit. So we were doing that and also it was just mostly a time thing. So Pat played on like five or six songs that he did just a brilliant job. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, we had Mike, Digital Junkie. Um, and then, I don't know if we had any other instruments come in, but we had uh, a lot of guest vocals. So we had, everything was already pre-done. So all the hooks, um, all my verses were done. The one song that we wrote top to bottom in, uh, like No wrote his verse for I Got Next on the recording yep, day, probably what I was recording. Too Hungover. That was about to get to. So Too Hungover, we started Sorry. from scratch. I hadn't met Dave Archer who was my Maya's contact she came in she just had like dope energy off the rip like super cool super confident um, super soulful super soulful and, and it was almost weird because I just met her and the song is kind of sexual I guess so it was a little weird I just no- met this girl and we're all talking pretty openly about all this stuff I know I remember finding that a little bit like okay alright we're just all just doing this okay let's go and we wrote the hook together, the, the four of us, on the spot. And then we did, because uh, the song was called Too Hungover for This Shit. The beat was called yeah. that, sorry. Which was because you. Beat, yeah. <clears throat> so we just like, all right, let's yeah. run with that. One of my favorite things is to make the song about the stupid name that produced the name. Because I think I was uh, hungover as shit when I made that beat yes. way back in the day. I think that beat was that. originally for like a, a, a horror core project I did. <laughs> Interesting. Horror core? Amazing. Yeah, and it ended up on this soul pit. Also, Deeb's a rock star, so no doubt. <laughs> yeah, man. Deeb, Deeb was so cool. It was loose. cool. Yeah, man. She just like came through with the vibes. We wrote the verses. I think we got her stuff down. I remember this is what I think we did to maximize her time because obviously she's busy. Recorded all yeah. her parts. Then we put her, I'm like, all right, every single, and I think even before this, I'd recorded, I'll talk about Tiffany Blue. Actually, might as well talk about that now. So anyway, we got Dee, and we got Dee to do sing everything else that we wanted her on, and then she <laughs> did, and then we wrote our verses, me and Nosh, and we recorded it on the spot and, and wrapped up the song. For Tiffany Blue, when we recorded it, I remember going in, because we'd written a hook, um maybe Maya didn't remember it or whatever it was, but I was like, all right, guys, like I have in my head, I wanted like 30 person gospel choir singing in the hook with my kind of oh. vocals over the top of it. Obviously we didn't do that, but I'll, that's why whoever came in, everybody did four, six, eight layers of the, the hook to try and make it bigger and bigger. So why I remember specifically going to record, I'm like, guys, like, all right, just trust me on this one. 
and I recorded my version of the hook. Now, I can't sing. And everyone I remember looking at me a little skeptical, like, I don't know, bro. And then every person, I distinctly remember this. I don't know if y'all fronted, I know definitely Josh did. Uh, and a bunch of other people were there. I remember people were just sort of like, oh, bro, I don't know. And then every single person who laid it, it just got better and better and better. And then everyone was saying that was the song that was stuck in their head. That was the hook that they couldn't get out of their head because as Dave laid it down, then we had uh, Dan who was Bonfire. He, uh, he owns Lalo Brewery in Toronto, good mate of ours. First time. This was his first ever solo. He was always in groups. This was his first, even to this day, he said he hadn't released anything solo yet. So he's super stoked for this. His first solo thing, he already pre-wrote the, 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 his parts to the, um, to the chorus for Survivor, which is about our notion by our father. He passed, so we were talking about that. And then Dan brought in every line. Dan had a reasoning for it. It was beautiful, man. I was like, I, you know, I knew him, but not like super well for him to be that thoughtful. I was just very moved by it. Yeah, man. It was, it was just a beautiful thing. I was like, I love Dan a lot for that. I thought it was super cool. And then my, I remember that. It, you remember that? He came like mad poetic with it, but yes. sorry, go ahead. No, that was it. And then you, I was about to, you could talk to this. You had the survivor <laughs> idea and Dan stopped at the, at one, at the part, just whatever the part just before that. And then the, the yeah. beat sort of changes, like it gets bigger, and that's when the drums come in. And then you had this thing where you want to say, I'm a survivor, and you've had this uh, idea, and it just worked perfectly with the theme of the verses and the, what Dan brought to it. And then you added your part to it, and it just was seamless, man. It was just fucking. And then having, oh, I'm even getting goosebumps just thinking about it now, and like the violin on there. Um, it was just, I think there's a bit of sax in there too. And that little bridgey part before the gang vocals. I remember whoever was there that mm. day. I, I looked at the footage when I was putting it all together to give it to Richard to, to talk about it. And it's like, there's all of us in the studio. just like, <coughs> no, we don't even have headphones. Cause we had one pair of headphones between us all. Cause there wasn't like eight yeah. of headphones. So we had to kind of open in the middle. They were just open. And we were all like, oh, I'm a survivor. Like it was, it was very cool, man. Like, that was a beautiful one for us because that was just a special song, but I think it just came together so well. Um, that was a moment. Yeah. Fun That's fact the... about that song. There's a singer named Quabs in the UK, and he's someone I wanted uh, on the project. And we made that song. It was called Quabs Beat because it was for him. So I wrote it, sent it to his manager. They didn't respond. We followed up, and then they respectfully declined. And I was pretty disappointed. But then, like, last week or the week before, Quabs actually posted on Instagram and said he hasn't been doing music for the last like five years. He's still kind of disappeared and going through some shit. And now he's starting to come back out in the world again. He's got like different hair and a different look. And I'm like, okay, I feel a little bit less uh, offended because I was like, oh man, like I really thought this was good. I did a proper take just for this song. No, she even mixed it for him as well. Like actually put time in and made a mixed one. So it sounded good. So we weren't giving him the rough demos and stuff, but I think it worked out how it was supposed to. Dan brought it to a whole other other thing. It was just uh, special as fuck. So that was super cool. Um, do you guys have any other recording moments that uh, you want to touch on? That you thought was cool, or you have any special memories? Oh, because I can't. Yeah, really the studio was just, the whole week was just ridiculous. There's nothing to compare to that. Um, just having everyone there, everyone on the on point, focusing on the one thing for the whole week. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we had so much footage of that. 
in that fucking coffee shop with the chicken <laughs> and Swiss like paninis was on point. We kept them in fucking, business. Kept them in business. Yeah, you know. Sure. Mad coffee. I love how organized everything was and how like meticulous we were with the hours and shit. Mm. Um, it really felt like, you know, what making music is supposed to be. It's like, you know, when you That's like it. fucking start doing this shit as a kid, this is like the shit you want to do. And so this was like a one of those, you know, living the dream experiences that was really fucking awesome. Amen. Amazing. Well said. And I'm gracious Amen. for it. So yeah, thank man. you for that. Amen. Thank you for providing that. It was, yeah, man, that's, that's beautiful to hear. I really feel the same way. It was just like such a, it was, I, I kind of said it better, man. Like, that's why we do music. That's what we think of when we think of doing music. And it was that creative energy where there was genuine love in the room. You didn't let randoms in. He's like, hey, my boy's here. Can you come down? It was, no, nah. it was like, like the only person was my friend Scott. That was it. But he's like real, real close. Um, you know, Josh came through as well. And, and But that's kind of really it. Like it was just people contributing, um, you know, really thoughtful. We actually ended up having to do one makeup day in August. That was July 2017 we recorded. And then in August, I don't know if you remember, we had two more songs to record. So we got 15 songs done in a week and we just had to do those final two on the last day. And Josh graciously didn't even charge me for it. He just let us do it. Which was super cool. Oh, gangsta. <laughs> um, and that was like, just, just like the what, what you actually said, Maya, was kind of more just like, all right, what did we miss? So we, we, we would review. Josh did what he called, he just did like a bounce out of the session, which was a fucking mess. And of a, so we just had like a wave file to listen to, uh, to have everything. So then we were like, oh shit, we need to do this. Fuck, oh, we forgot about that. Boom, boom. So we did all that in one day. Boom. So a total of six full studio days. And then this was the next phase, uh, which doesn't deserve as much time because really the creation of it was sort of more important. But the, the editing and the mixing, and that's really why it finished in August 2017 and it came out in October 2021. Like this next shit is the reason. So you got to paint the picture. Maybe Notion Maya can probably explain it better than me. But like I said before, when the engineer, Josh, was doing take after take. What I would do, I would do like five to eight takes. And then you guys would be like, nah, do it like this. Do it this way. All right, cool. Now that was good. Let's do it again. And then at the end of it, you're like, I think we're good. I'm like, okay. I do the same with my ad libs. Do the backup. Boom, boom, boom. <coughs> and then that was kind of it. I never heard it. And then you guys, and that was the same thing with drums. So think about it. Every drum has a different fucking track. Saxophone, violin, bass, synths. Um, any other shakers or other little sounds that Maya had, even though that wasn't messy, but that was the cleanest part because that was done intentionally at home in the home studio, which was much better. So you got all of these guests, all of these gang vocals, all of these like fuck up takes that you probably didn't delete. Sometimes I want to argue before editing, would it be fair to say that probably with some track with maybe 200 songs on Sorry, 200 <coughs> stems. Is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, that shit mean? added up fast, like, especially for uh, the string tracks, because we would definitely, we would definitely, like, add, well, we would stack instruments, right? So it'd be, like, <clears throat> fucking five layers of strings, and then another five layers of a counterpoint string melody, and then on top of that, there's, like, 15 layers of drums, and then now there's 26 layers of the instrumental and now we've got 
you doing a verse. So we got like fucking two layers of your main vocals, four layers of your back vocals, guest verse, same thing. So yeah, it shit adds up real yeah. fast. And you know. what you guys had to do, and this is what was crazy, was you had to go through, so say even just looking at just at my verses, which was one step. I think you did one pass verse and then the next pass instruments. Obviously the instruments was way harder. I don't know which order you did it in. Do you guys remember? Did you do beats first or vocals? I think we kept... Uh, did the, the music first. Because there was music. parts yeah. that you had to... Pretty sure we did... Yeah, because then... That would make no um, sense. We had to get like the... You were picking the violins and stuff. There was a lot of stuff that I came to your spot for. And I forget if you moved during that. But like, I would come and we'd have like editing sessions. And I'm sure we did the beat first and then vocals later on. Mm. I guess that would make more sense. So and then we make the beat exactly how you yeah. want it and then make the vocals fit the, the beat better. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think, okay. uh, <coughs> excuse me, I think we went back and forth. Um, I probably came to your plays once or twice too just to like do some editing. We were just trying to figure shit out. It was like yeah, there a was like a final process. couple of editing sessions where you came to mind and like, we went through like over everything because there was, you know, there was a couple of sessions we did at yours and, you know, we got most of it yeah, done. Yeah. And then there was a few more notes. We did like a final uh, couple of sessions here. Ooh, it was like, wait, uh, didn't we get into that like dope, healthy, like fucking uh, routine where it was like you did a comp take and then I went over and did a, like an extra like comb through the comp and vice versa. Were we doing that at one point? Um, for a, Yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah. for a couple of songs. That's right. Like, yeah. But just I for the vocals, for, uh, I think. The vocals, yeah, 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 yeah. Because so I let you do, um, there's a lot of songs that needed some fixing up of the arrangement of the, you know, just, you know, the music. So then you came along and then did some editing and uh, chopped some things up, just cut some things out, chopped some things, you know, all kinds right. of little drops and stuff. So for people not really understanding what this means, like you got to understand how intense this is. And Nosha's actually got the numbers of what the final stems ended up being. So if you think of the song and they had to forget the vocals. So... Patrick would do 5, 10, 15 takes of either the whole song top to bottom on saxophone, just freestyling or improvising. Then we'd be like, oh, that was cool. Can you do that again, but do this in this part? So then he'd go back in. So sometimes you might have 5, 10, 15 layers of or stems of, of saxophone. Now they had to go through, when I say they, Notion and, and Maya had to go through the beat and pick the exact parts for each of those things, maybe he did something at the end of the song that kind of sounded better at the start of the song. So you had to do that for sax. You're like, all right, boom, tidy that up. Make sure it's on time and, and you know, there wasn't any fuck-ups and cut out anything else and what, you know, and do that for every instrument, every instrument. And that oh. is pretty intense. Like, that's... Yo, amazing. trust. Yeah. Like, you're looking at a, a full track, no, like five full fucking takes of saxophone solo and you're like, who the hell am I to pick what's good and what's bad? Like, I don't know shit about saxophone. Like, I'm going to pick what mm-hmm. I think sounds the best. But, like, any jazz musician could come to me and be like, yeah, you pick, like, the worst parts of that stuff. I don't know. I'm, right. I'm, I'm being self-critical here. But basically, that was, like, the inner fear I had when looking at all those takes and shit. You know, it's like, damn. Like, I'm the one who's in charge of picking what the best moments are mm-hmm. <laughs> of the this instrument that I don't play. Which is, it's a lot, it's a big responsibility. And, you know, this, 
It's not something that takes fucking 10 minutes. Like, this shit takes hours and hours. I would imagine it would be multiple hours per song just to fix the instruments outside of it. And then same again for the vocals. So if you're thinking about it, none of us are all independent musicians, right? None of us are full-time with this. Um, You know, everyone has other things they're doing for money. And and obviously, you know, like, y'all have got music clients. I've got an agency and other projects and stuff. And, like, you know, this doesn't happen overnight. There wasn't some label budget paying for everything to make sure that everyone's expenses were covered so they could just focus on that shit, right? So it basically happened as kind of as fast as as it could really at the end of the day, I don't think there's anything we could have changed to make it come out faster aside from get a ton of money to fund everybody's lives uh, in order to do it faster. I imagine. Right. So like mm. it was just like a, such a mammoth task. And like, I really want to stress that shit. So once you, you know, you had to do that for all every, there were 17 songs that we did. 12 of them made it to the OG album and the remaining five are going on the deluxe album just to be transparent. There was no shit songs here. The idea is maybe you do 40 or something, but we just, we were happy with what we had. Um, you could keep going forever. The people who do 40 are probably people who literally are 12 hours in the studio a day and they would have the time and the space to do that type of shit. We did not, um, but I was happy with how that how we did it. So y'all had to cut that down then cut down the editing of the then the vocals. Exactly the same thing. I might have eight takes and you'll be able to take all right, first two bars, then that middle six, then this here, and add them all together. Um, normally I'd be pretty picky, but with this project, just like I trusted y'all with you know adjusting the lyrics, I trusted you guys with choosing all of the best parts and choosing all the instruments and y'all did a fucking A1 job on that shit. Um, it was impeccable what you boys did. I don't know if you want to speak to the editing process a little more or maybe some other stuff about it um, and how many the tracks and who knows has the track numbers and stuff, but yes, go now, yeah. No, if you guys think you want to jump in with, I feel like I've been hogging it. Otherwise, you know. Oh, mate, all good. It's what you were a guest for, you know what I mean? Um, the editing yeah, stuff, yeah. I mean, it took ages to get the instrumentation right and then uh, after you know the first versions, I'm pretty sure you were like, "Oh, I need to do a little more here." So that's when you came back to my place and then kind of finished it up. Um, it just it's editing's editing. It's tedious as fuck, but you got to make sure you pick the right bits. Um, and that's the credit to you as a producer. And like you know, obviously you sample stuff, or you, you, know, you occasionally do, uh, or used to. Um, I still do that, um, and it's just like. That's kind of the same thing with my song Place I Know that just came out. I had John Rosner do the guitar of mine and he gave me four tracks and they go the whole length of my song. And I just picked each single lick is from each different track in the order. I just had to just, you know, pick whatever felt right. And I was just, um, I didn't shift anything too crazily. Just cut out, you know, the, I chose the best part for every section. He actually did something. And then he gave me some feedback like, oh, I love the licks you chose that made total sense. And I'm like, I just treated it like sampling. Mm. So, yeah, um, the editing just like it's a labor of love and it takes fucking ages and there's two parts to it because you've got to do the beats and you've got to do the vocals and they're both really important. But, yeah, it just takes fucking yonks. And uh, it's the, you know, obviously the recording, the source recording was incredible um, and the editing is, is as important. It's the next important step after the, uh, the source recording being amazing because then you can get a good mix from that and then 
so yeah, we basically set ourselves up with uh, with some gold to touch. We weren't polishing any turds, and we had a nice time. Yeah, I'm right. Hell yeah. Did yeah, you, and uh, with the, um, comping the vocals and shit, like, you know, I think we want the same shit, right? So take the expressive parts, take the swaggy parts, take the, you know, it's kind of like just correct answers, right? So, yeah, it's got to match and kind of like sing, singy song, kind of yeah. like, you know how Buckshot kind of raps? Like you could, you could sing it as well as rap it and then, you know, you pick the nice little takes and make sure it all flows together like a nice little... Floor like yeah. water, mate. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a monumental effort. The the volume of tracks, I know you had a few numbers there, which is worth just quickly dropping those numbers on how many. I think you had the final track numbers, which were yeah. after the removal. Of like all the comped stems and all the things that have been like grouped together. Like Maya said earlier, um, you know, there was like five takes of the strings and then you know, there's harmonies on top of that. And then, and then sometimes those, you know, the, the main section of the five will be grouped into one file. There'll be a second file which is grouped with the harmonies. So, you know, 10, 15 violin tracks might be in two or three ways that I've got. So things got condensed heavily. But just to give you an idea, like uh, Relentless, the title track, had 90 stems. That was a lot of vocals. But uh, they had like 25 beat stems in that one. Just lots of uh, beat breakdowns in that. There was lots of uh, even Andrew in the bridge section there. Um, Rome had 52, Lightwork had 61, YYZ, YUL, and MEL had 20, 23, 20. Okay. Uh, Survivor had 78. That was lots of gang vocals and ch- cello and violin and stuff. Tiffany Blue had 55, Too Hungover, 47, Way Till Morning, 42. So, yeah, between, I guess, 50 to 90, around that sort of way. And that's significant for people who, like, I know it's like a, a vague question, but is there like an approximate range that the average song might be? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, to, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking about the 2000s when it was just like one beat track and then like two vocal tracks. <laughs> Total different, different world. Yeah, you could have that. You could have one wave and then just the vocals. Sometimes it's two, three, four vocals over the top. But then because of the production, like everything was made from scratch, like no samples at all, it allowed us to, you know, well, I guess it, it, it resulted in that many more. And that's what's left. And then, then came the mixing and mastering. And that was, that was all Nurse's work there. Um, which was to make all of those things sound cohesive and in the right levels and the right place. I imagine that the, the beat had to be, did you mix the beats first and then get Maya to make sure that that's what he wanted and what them did to sound like. And then you add the vocals to the top or how did that work? Uh, I always just go when I've got a full blank session, everything's zero. Um, I just, again, stage stuff first. So everything just gets brought down. Um, I don't know, whatever it needs to be. And then I start, basically I'll do the beat first and then the vocals second and I'll start top to bottom, left to right, the whole song, and I'll just go, you know, whatever the, whatever it is. You know, Maya is probably out of every single other engineer that I've worked with, the most organized in the way that things are labeled and I cannot thank you enough, dude, because it's so clear. And an absolute outsider could come into my mixing session and look at the thing, the way it's labeled, and they could do the routing properly because it's all absolutely impeccably marked with the underscores and everything. I swear to God, dude, massive hats off and daps for that. 
Um, so that was really helpful for me to get my session organized. Mm. And like, uh, yeah, so I'd always do beat first and go each individual sound on solo and just see what, and then I'd introduce them to each other and then see what, and then you do like, you know, balancing. So I wouldn't even like, you know, li- touch any processing for a while. I'd just be like listening and volume balancing. Mm. And then, yeah. So, right. yeah. So then, always beat and then vocals. Okay, that makes sense. So to give people an idea of how long all this shit took with all of the caveats before this. So we finished recording, say, in uh, August 2017. Do you remember when editing was done and mixing started? Because I don't know if yes. anything was mixed. There was a few random mixed ones. Like, you didn't send me everything. I think you were just like, when you had time, because you had jobs and you had mixing clients and you had photo clients, you were just yeah. kind of sliding it in pause whenever you were able to get some <laughs> some time to work. So I don't, yeah. my guess is that you did some, but real mixing didn't start till last year. Is that accurate? Well, uh, the dates on the, on the <laughs> files, like during 2018, we had a mix ready version and I was delivering mix ones. Um, really? Let's have a look at survive. Oh, you know what? Yes, because we got the factor grant. I'm getting mixed, mixed ones at the... So, mixed ones during 2018. Okay. Um, but then... During 2018 and 2019, I learned so fucking much. Mm. And over the next, uh, you know, 2020 and 2020, I just got, you know, more and more used to it and uh, knew exactly what to use when and why kind of thing and then uh even though some songs got to like you know mix fucking 10 and whatever the fuck they only got to like master 1.1 1. 1 or something like you know barely even doing any tweaks so it was it was not too bad um but yeah so it's pretty much like three three solid years of mixing and learning as well every time i came back to a session i'd just be like ah oh, fucking hell or i'd learn something new and then come back and go ah i'm gonna apply that to this and it'll make it better so I basically was just, I had this big block of muffle. I saw the fucking thing and I just kind of chipping away and then it made it a pretty little, little sexy statue. Mm, um, that's a really good uh, so, analogy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I heard Dave Pensado say that actually. Something I mean, like that anyway. Mine was funnier, but. Yeah, you're always like um, chipping away at some shit. That's yeah. always how you exactly. it mixes. Yeah. Oh, Do what's exactly. interesting. Buscat said, you just like throw shit on the wall. Like painting is a constant editing process. You just throw shit up, take a bit away, put some more stuff up, take it away. So yeah. I was doing yep, that, yep, yep. Try, uh, learning a lot along the way and having to revisit the session. So uh, each year uh, I look at the thing that I was looking through a couple of the songs, you know, through like a mix one to a mix six or a mix seven. And it's like, oh, fucking hell. Like, and there was like a year or two difference. And it's just amazing how... You know, and in, in the very last like six months, I've definitely got all of it way better than before. And uh, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. it, it was a, such a journey for me to get through it all and get it fucking. Right. I was gonna say it's like hearing your mixes evolve over this past year, especially, has just been like fucking insane to watch. It's like in a movie when like the kid goes to train at the top of a mountain at like a monastery or some uh. shit, and then comes back like boss as fuck. Yeah, so it's like it's been really dope, and I'm fucking here for it, and I love it. Your mixes are on oh, fire, bro. I think that's the beauty. I love it. Yeah, this. man. Like that. Go. Yeah, go, Steve. Easy. I was gonna say I love, I love that. Like, 
it's almost, it's almost interesting that the delay in this project just because of the physical time that this shit took versus the available time uh, resulted in a better end product because of your mixing knowledge and mastering knowledge and tools at that point. You kept reinvesting in your business and getting better tools as far as like plugging it. Constantly, yeah, yeah. Constantly. Mm. So like the album, if we dropped it two, three years ago, it wouldn't have sounded as good, like just facts, like it just wouldn't have. And then on the flip side, right? So then from Maya's side though, being that you made these beats, some of them were made in 2015 that only weren't really, really tweaked that much. As a producer, you would have also learned a shit ton more stuff. And you probably wanted to be like, ah, oh, I think I remember you wanting to add stuff. And I'm just kind of like, bro, we have to just fucking cut this and just. No, it, but like you know? I, both that, but also I remember, uh, I think I like deleted a bunch of shit from the intro. Cause I was like, oh, I was throwing too much shit at the wall back then. Versus like, that and also well. there was a lot of layers of maybe cutting back. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, I also think I went back and added a couple cuts because I'm like I didn't know shit about cuts back then. Cuts versus, meaning uh, when we, were, you know, just like drops, crunches. beat drops. Oh, beat drops. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like dynamics and shit. You know, mm. peaks and valleys. What you so, did to make uh, a move is a very good point. I think that I totally forgot about that, and I think that explains what I remember because you. I think you went really wild with it and I wasn't really feeling because it started making the move didn't start like just with the little sound whatever it is and like a like a piano yes. shit and then the raps it, it was recorded over drums we had drums from the beginning I actually don't remember what it sounds like now but I remember when you first took that out I was like oh dude we need to chill man we're going like I don't want to like change everything or fuck it up and then I think maybe you did one other edit and I was like oh no I really like this now because it's like it's tough and it's got the guitar and the heavy drums kicking right that at that one time and then it goes back down quiet again. It's like hyper dynamic. Um, I was talking yeah. to, to 360, our friend in Australia, who's a uh, multi platinum rapper, and he was like, "Bro, he hit me today, like, man. I made, I listened to making the move like six times. It's fucking incredible. Like he like yeah. creaming over. It. And no one said that yet. 360 actually, did. Yeah, he said it's uh, his favorite song is the pen game is ridiculous. And this is for him. Like 360 is like a world renowned battle rapper too. And, you know, he writes pop songs and, like, he's, like, he can write pop shit, but he's also um, an incredible, like, really thoughtful rapper who's, like, super lyrical type shit. So for him to say that Penn was, uh, even though, like, he was, like, my little homie and your little homie because he's younger than us, not in, like, like, you know, like I was the big homie to him. For him to say that to me because he's so accomplished was, like, all right, man, I feel like, all right, good. Okay, if he can say that and he appreciates, he's like the story of that. That's just really what we went through, and it was like we brought it to life. And it's almost like it's like the universe had made everything exactly how it needed to be. The, the um, best is supposed to be, yeah. That from the mixing to the production, and even those final tweaks, my like, even though like I didn't want because I was like the problem with music, and that's the same with like anything is if you can make infinite edits, and I was like. This album, honestly, I kind of almost just feel like it's a dream. I never thought we'd get this out for how long it took. Like, it just feels like at that point it would just take, we just never see the light of day. And the fact that that's for why, real. Was, you know what I'm saying? That's why I was a bit worried that I was like, oh man, if we want to make too many changes, and I understand because it's the same concept as Nosh. Nosh is getting better. You're getting better. Of course, you're going to want to make this stuff that we did a few years ago better, which you did by taking away rather than adding, which is cool. I think mm, that's a really true. good lesson for producers as well, rather than over overdoing and trying to do too much. You just did you did less, which gave it more. So it's like, yeah, the mixing, 
the production, those small elements, the even like the artwork and the way Josh was able to, which we'll talk about in a whole other episode, and taking that and enriched with the videos and doing this whole thing. I'm just like, I, I've, I think it worked out how it needed to work out. Fuck yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's dude. how it is. So, um, base, I think that might be kind of like somewhere, I think we might have summarized that pretty well, boys. Is there anything else that maybe we missed that we needed to touch on real quick? I just wanted to add that in addition to running the full gambit of like ridiculous ass places I've lived, I think it's also funny to acknowledge the ridiculous gambit of ridiculous ass jobs I was working throughout this project. Oh my goodness. I think I started off this project working at Ripley's Aquarium as a fucking like server what? line cook. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, then, and you were doing the stage stuff too at one point. Yeah, that was near the end. The The middle ground was I I worked at Baton Rouge for a minute until I got fucking. That shit was just shitty. And then yeah, I worked at the as a fucking stagehand setting up shit. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty random. And I was like, "Fuck all that!" And then you know, I I record motherfuckers. Whatever. (laughs) It's a beautiful thing to see that that's what got you through there. You know, like I feel like it was like such a it was such a journey for all of us in every single way to do this project and it was the biggest like team effort i've ever been a part of too like i think we might have said that earlier but like it's so many people put their energy into this like that's what tiff said when the night it came out so like, how do you feel i'm like like i mostly felt like i'm just honored that everyone just wanted to do this for me and with me yeah, it's more with me because it's still all our shit like this is really what it comes down to no one like hardly anybody does it by himself so for us rest didn't fucking say but like, and probably YouTube <laughs> motherfuckers. But typically speaking, artists don't do shit. The whole thing themselves, like it's just not possible. None of this could happen. Like, I just wrote them, recorded the raps, bro. Like, like, that's it. Everything else was by other people. So it was like I'm just honored that so many very talented people that are like close to me because we don't really expand out of the circle that that wide. Like obviously, we brought a bunch of different people we didn't know in to sort of add their little flavor and stuff. But the the, the core team is you know the same core team we've rocked with for many years. And I think that, I think that was what made it what it was. The fact that we all understood yeah, each yeah. other, we all cared like a lot about it, and the fact that y'all saw the vision. You know how hard it is to get people to see the vision, right? Like to try and get people to really understand what you're trying to achieve, particularly with something like this. Um, you know, and it's nerve wracking because it's a solo project. That's why maybe I like group stuff all the time because it's not just about me. It's about oh, it's okay. It's me and this person, like you know, or and these other people, like. The solo stuff is like you've, you know, you're just putting your whole shit out there, just you type of thing. Once again, I know it's not just me because there's so many people, but it's under my name. I'm the face of it. But that's kind of what this is about. It's a sort of show that like, we just really had this incredible team that, like, you know, we're all just independent artists. No one on involved in this project is funded or has some sort of label situation or anything crazy. Everyone's just hustlers, talented people, Canadians working you know really it was just between montreal and toronto and just uh you know we were just grinding and wanting to do something dope so uh, it's 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 cool that everyone's work is finally i think everyone was a little bit surprised like oh this shit i saw mike tompo when he shared it was like oh some shit i did ages ago for see this is dope (laughs) so people keep saying that and i kind of feel a bit bad because i feel like people weren't no but i see it as like yo we've been sitting on this gem refining Mm -hmm. it this is like a fine diamond or some shit some slow cooked brisket you know, <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it. 
Because that's really what it was, and and it's like ended up being this much more it's polished a sexy thing. brisket. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like when sexy you slow cook brisket. some shit properly, and it's just like the most succulent thing you've ever eaten in your life. Yeah, it falls out of your face. It's so good. That's a great point. And it didn't feel right if we rushed it. Like, so I think no one was really pushing it. I was like, you know what? I'd rather it come out right. Also, for the, I don't know if I said it earlier, but I was broke as fuck most of the time. Like, okay, maybe not broke as mm. fuck, but I didn't have the resources to put it out that I wanted to. And even now, it's just us doing, doing everything independently. I don't have a publicist or an agent or anything like that. But, you know, we're getting a decent amount of playlist looks and, and all these different things. And responses being incredibly positive. And the more I'm doing more stuff putting more stuff out for for press and stuff it's each song that i feel like is almost getting better uh, as far as the, the response so you know i think sometimes people, albums, love it. people are loving it i've had a lot of like really kind messages publicly privately and i feel like it's I, I think personally i reckon it's one of those things that people will discover over time like i don't know if like, we don't have the resources for anything to just like pop but i think it's more it's so dope then it's shareable. Like that's what it really comes down to with content, right? Like people are going to share it if they like it. And I think that you look at it, you're captivated by the cover art because it's super intriguing and interesting. Then you hear it, you're like, oh fuck, okay. Oh, and then you give it a few listens back, and, and you're like, oh damn, okay, I see what he's doing here. I see what this is. And like I didn't catch it. That's actual violin. Fuck, okay. And all these different things that you know. I think it's like that type of album. I think it's something we didn't make to capture like a. Time. It's not it's fast timeless. food. No, this is like you said. No, this. Yeah, what do you call it? The steak, or this is steak dinner. You know? Slow cooked brisket. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The people. Um, if you print, yeah. if you press any physicals, I'm gonna need a copy. Of course, because I want to add this, put this on my wall or some shit. Um, I would like to be vinyl. Yeah, I'm very proud of this project. Yeah, man. Yeah, same. I love that. I was, I was thinking about doing vinyl. The problem is just like I'd like to get enough people. Like I'd like to get the pre-sales or whatever or the pre-orders because it's like hot, like hella expensive like to do one I think it's like a couple yeah. grand to do like a hundred copies and not even like fire like it would be just plain black with hardly any inserts and that stuff but I would like to do it on vinyl. I think it'd be pretty cool to, to have this whole thing out there um, you should crowdsource that shit man see who's game yeah. hmm. okay we'll talk about it talk about it after I'm definitely keen because I would like to do that I've never had anything on vinyl yet so I'd like it to be this one I think it would be I think it would be cool but um, yeah. with that said uh, I think that's basically it y'all so I'm going to leave obviously I'm going to put all the links in the description uh, for where you can get the album the singles you can listen to it buy it stream it whatever the fuck you want to do um, you know this was this was great this was exactly the conversation I wanted to have this is amazing uh, Maya thank you for your time bro and for, for your energy and effort and, and love yes, you put into this it's uh, it's an honor. Uh, I'm proud of us all. Um, yeah, man. Thank you for taking the chance on on wanting to do this with me. And, and, and no, man. Thanks. Thank you. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry I keep cutting you off, no. but like, you know, real talk. You gave me a chance like years ago just to work on this project, and like here it is now finished, and it's like everything we wanted and hoped it would be. So, man, I appreciate you. Notion, I appreciate you for making this shit sound yes, sir. It's so fucking sparkly. And thank y'all for having me on. Uh, Pleasure. You know, let's, let's fucking get it. Take over the up. world. Let's do it. Jonathan DeMille, I, uh, I saw him the other day. He's like, he said, y'all should y'all need to do Relentless too, man. 
I'm like, look, I'm with it. Let's uh, <laughs> we'll let this ride. But I'm down to do it. But this time, if we did it, we have Relentless to do it. Two about to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we just Dang. do. We'd be a little more efficient this time. Yeah, we'd make it just full, uh, full. put a two put a stack in my lap, and then we'll fucking get the ball rolling. No, I'm fucking right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, let's we'll go. Get some shit. <laughs> Hey, let's put a Bentley in the fucking driveway and let's get it down. Fucking do it, you plenty yeah. cats. Um, yeah, I love buy it. Buy me a nice brisket dinner. <laughs> nice brisket. All right, yeah. Brisket make that happen. Um, Maya, is there anything you want to half a second? Is there anything you want to promote and then let everyone know as well where they can find you online? Well, first and foremost, check this album, and if you fuck with what I do sonically, you know, check me out at Meyer Clarity. Uh, M-Y-E-R-C-L-A-R-I-T-Y you know my website's www.myerclarity.com you already know I produce all my own shit so fucking check it out I even have this Clarity Got Beats list of all the shit I produce for everybody if you feel so inclined and you can find that at ClarityGotBeats.com so that's all my shit check it out check that out make sure you go follow him Uh, join my Patreon Yes, hit him up. Join it. Throw him the glove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that shit support, man. I love it. Um, Notion, where can everyone get you, bro? Make it, make it rain easy, Maya. Um, at Notion Baby on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, at Illness Studios on Instagram and Facebook. NotionBeats.com, IllnoteStudios.com. Holler at your motherfucking boy. See if easy. Love it. Uh, let's take the thumbnail real quick as well. All right, man. Thumbnail, Maya. We're going to take a, a screenshot. Mitch, you can Ready? Boom. Uh, you can get me at CWFOR on Instagram and Twitter. Of course, I keep looking to the side because I'm looking at the fucking television because my computer's broken. Um, and uh, yeah, man, we this is awesome. So this was episode one of season two, the unpacked. It's going to be a consistent season. We're going to go back to season one after these uh, next few episodes. We're going to keep revisiting it. We're going to do this again. We're going to do it for Notions projects and maybe some other stuff down the track. And, you know, this is super fun. So thank you guys for watching and listening. We are back. This will go live Monday, 8 p.m. As always, premiering. We'll be there answering questions, uh, commenting and all that type of shit. Where is the theme song? There it is. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. Theme tune. Peace, peace, peace. The theme tune. Theme tune. Hey. Oh, this is on Monday. Monday. Get your cake. Get your cake. Get your cake.